We are thinking about that word yearning and there's a lot of other words that we could use that you're wanting more, you're desiring more. And I told Heather, I'm like, but there's a consecration um, because for you listening, like there's not just a desire. It's not like, oh, I want this in my flesh, that I want more opportunities or I want more money or I want more um, acknowledgement of my gifts. It's a consecrated urgency that you're like, there's something more that I'm supposed to be stewarding. There's something more that my hands need to be on, that my heart needs to be tending to. And it's like having a child that for a lot of women, the desire for another child isn't something that they can put facts to. It sometimes doesn't make sense to their financial status or to where they're at in their home, Uh, but there's a yearning for it and it's consecrated and it's holy. And I think even for you, um, I, I don't know if you felt this, but you may have felt like, well, I can't tell anyone that I've wanted more because I feel like they're going to tell me I am being prideful mm. or that I'm wrong, that I'm, um, I'm a lofty leader that has too much pride or that I've, um, my eyes are too big for my belly type of thing. But in this space, you are seen, your yearning is seen, your desire is seen, and we can trust your heart. We can give your heart the benefit of the doubt that it's from the Lord. Because you aren't someone who's going to take that that um, that desire and just like flippantly go after it. You're someone who's going to pray into it. And we trust the God in you, that you are pursuing him in this. This broadcast is for the one yearning to expand her ministry. Hey, love. Welcome to For the One. As you've heard, today's broadcast is For the One, Yearning to Expand Her Ministry. This is a part two conversation with the lovely Heather Margiata. So if you heard her voice in the previous episode, you know what's coming. It's just straight straight encouragement. Um, But this is part two. Part one, if you want to go back and listen, um, that was For the One Called into Ministry. And as we were talking about um, just this specific desire on her heart to share about ministry. She kind of felt there are two categories. So there's the woman who's about to go into ministry, kind of new, fresh, like fresh faced, ready to go in. And then there's also this woman who has been in it for a little bit. And you've had your ministry established. You've had some history in your story. And there is this desire now to expand, to expand your territory, to expand influence. And this is the conversation that she would love to have with you to encourage you in that space when you're contending for more in your ministry. So Heather, if you don't know her and you do now, like you will just love her. She's amazing. If you didn't listen to the last episode. And uh, so she is a mother of how many years have you been married, James? 14. 14 years. We were young. (laughs) Youngins. So cute. And they're just adorable together. Oh my gosh. So she's been married for 14 years. She's got three little boys, Mm -hmm. Chase, Colton, Mason. Did I get it right? You did. Yes. I feel like I'm paying attention. (laughs) I feel like I get Chase and Colton confused a lot because of the The C's. But I'm just Mm -hmm. like, okay. But then Mason, I'm like, we were pregnant together. We were pregnant together. It like... 
towards the ends of like the middle end of my pregnancy is yeah when you got pregnant yes mm-hmm. okay so we should have synced it up better <laughs> we should have yes. should have planned better so, so that's how I have like a, a connection with Mason so I'm like okay bro we are almost <laughs> yes. in this together so um and she's in, been in ministry for over 17 years mm-hmm. um she is an author She's a writer, mm-hmm. preacher, speaker, and she's a leader in her church. Um, and so she's been through enough seasons at this point with the Lord and with the local church, especially, um, where she's been able to see things that work, things that don't work. And it's just her wisdom is truly invaluable. And one of the things that I love about Heather is that she's the most real <laughs> about life, but then so wise in the kingdom. And it's, it's often a rarity to meet someone who gives you full permission to be fully yourself, to be fully real. And then also like at the drop of a hat, go to the most deep spiritual conversation. (laughs) And, And she is that person. Like she just brings that breadth of fresh air to your life to feel like my faith isn't stagnant and it's not stale. It's actually the most vibrant part of my life. And she has often made Jesus so real to me. And as a woman also in ministry, Um, she has been a blessing to me and I don't even know how many years I've been in ministry now I'd have to go count but um, I know that her her wisdom and her experience her stories the way that she contends through decisions has blessed me and that's why I want to introduce you to her that's why I want to have you part of this conversation with her because she has done this for me I'm a living breathing example of her ministry and of her walking Um, living testimony of what the Lord can do through a healthy leader. She is truly a healthy leader. And so I just want to just like let her go and and run after it. So she's going to talk about um, a couple pieces of advice um, that if you are in that place of yearning to expand your ministry, this is, these are the things that you kind of need to to press into in this time. So Miss Miss Heather, what say you? Yeah. (laughs) Yes. So hello again, listener. Um, one piece of advice I was given when I first went into ministry was a a crucial piece of information that has stuck with me since then. Mm. And it has been key to where I've never felt really stuck Mm. in ministry. Mm. I may have had seasons of confusion, Mm. right? And, And wondering, but I've never felt that. I myself as a person was capped in ministry Mm -hmm. and it was because of this advice. Like I would have seasons where I would be like, Lord, I want more. Why isn't it happening? Like here I am, send me, you know that. But I never felt that I wasn't um, like I needed a, like I just didn't feel capped as a person. I just felt like capped by situations, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Um, and so that that piece of advice that was given to me very, very early on, it was actually in my exit meeting of my internship during my bachelor's. I, so I got a bachelor's degree at Southeastern University. Mm-hmm. I had to do my internship at a church and I had to have like an exit interview essentially mm-hmm. with the senior pastor and like that. And he like, you know, gave me a review and there was like paperwork that he had to fill out for the school. And he wanted to just send me off with some encouragement. Mm. And one of the things that he said to me that I've never forgotten, which will make sense to why I'm up at four o'clock in the morning researching different things, is he said to always be a permanent student. Mm. And he's like, you know, you're spending these years getting this head knowledge. And he was like, and you 
you go to college straight from high school, generally speaking, that's what most people do. Mm -hmm. So they've been a student for a long time. Mm -hmm. And then when that season's over, they no longer continue being a student. Mm -hmm. They then just start like living what they've learned up till that point. And then Mm -hmm. that's it. And so he said to me, he was like, never stop asking questions. Mm -hmm. He's like, leaders are readers. And I've heard that for ever since then by so many different people saying that leaders are readers. I've never heard that. No? No. Yes, leaders are readers. So he said like to never stop learning, to Mm -hmm. always ask questions, to Mm -hmm. always be reading, to just have that like inquisitive mind Mm -hmm. and to not ever believe that you know it all. And so when you're a permanent student, the more you learn, Mm -hmm. the more you realize how much you don't know. And it really keeps you humble. Because there will be times that like I will start reading and researching something in scripture and it's just like a can of worms have been opened and I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, and it's so layered and it's so like God's word is just so deep. And so being a permanent student is going to never limit you Mm -hmm. because you are always going to be growing as a person. And if you're a student, Mm -hmm. then that enables you to always be a teacher. Yeah. Because you teach what you learn. Yeah. And mm. at some point, mm. you can stop in elementary school and yeah. just teach that. But if you are a woman who's listening and you want to go beyond the elementary school, like you have to go back to being a student. Yeah. And so I always just have this heart posture of I just want to learn. Yeah. And I never believe that like I know it all. Yeah. And even if there's a book that's written on a subject I'm really familiar with, I really crave to still read it because I'm like, man, what are they saying about this subject that I don't know yet? Mm -hmm. And so I think it's really important Mm -hmm. to always position your heart as a student and to know that you don't know it all. And and when you do that and you live that out, like I said, you realize like you uh, the more you learn, the more you realize you don't know. Yeah. And it, like I said, it keeps you humble. But that really is like you can't expand in ministry yeah. if you're not learning. Mm-hmm. It's it's so it's so basic, yeah. and you can take control of your own education. It doesn't have to yeah. consistently stay within the institution of like a university. Yeah. Like yeah, I went to a four year degree. Mm-hmm. Like I went to a four year college and got a degree, and that was great. And that was great for that season. And they taught me a lot. Yeah. But the biggest thing they taught me was how to be a student and how to research. Yeah. And I've t- like taken those tools with me since yeah. then. Mm-hmm. And I've learned so much more yeah. since I graduated college, yeah. you know, like, and so it's just, I'm constantly reading, looking up articles, listening to podcasts. Yeah. Um, and I think it's also really, really key mm-hmm. that if you have um, a certain viewpoint or a certain interpretation in scripture, to read the opposing views, mm. to listen to the podcast yeah. of people that don't necessarily agree with your thoughts, yeah. because it's really important to know the full picture, Yeah, because there's still wisdom in what they're saying, even yeah. if you don't necessarily agree with the final interpretation, yeah. but be a student, mm. but not just be a student of the things that like you agree with. Right. Don't be an insecure student. Yes. I love that. Mm-hmm. Yes. Love it. So be a student. I was thinking as you were talking about this book that I was reading recently and they were talking about education actually Mm. and he said every degree has a time stamp on it Mm. it will have a date when it is no longer the information that that will carry you into the next phase of life because um, information evolves education evolves and he's like so your degree that you think is going to carry you into eternity right Mm -hmm. is 
actually is a timestamp in knowledge yeah. and, yeah. and the information that it carries. Mm-hmm. And you know, I was thinking about my my seminary degree. And I was like, man, what's the timestamp on that? Mm. When does it become not obsolete, but it becomes behind in the information? Or am I just trying to lean on the degree? Mm. And it was just such an interesting way of thinking about what I know, what I've become aware of is like this expiration date on my knowledge. And even the expiration date on, um, I feel like there's even like preaching seasons or themes of seasons like we've talked about in ministry like um like we were talking about how to structure church or um topics that you constantly preach on or the word that you're I think about like the places where we go like bible study or church or work and it's like you always have that word that comes to you like in every single season when you're talking about what God is doing and and I think about that expired word where sometimes we're living on fruit of a past season mm. and the Lord is like, no, learn something new. Yeah. It's time to expand your territory. It's mm. time to expand your understanding um, because if you're going to constantly rest on your laurels yeah. of what you knew, that's not going to take you into new territory because it's not yeah. going to be the same game plan. It's not going to be the same strategy. You're going to need something new and it's going to yeah. require the humility to say, maybe I need to do something different. Yeah. Maybe I need to think differently. Mm-hmm. But that also comes from that humble place. Like a mm-hmm. student is ultimately humble. You think about even um, Mary, you know, who is by Jesus's feet, like uh, by his feet, literally on the ground. And like that takes a true student to be able to say, I don't know teach me yeah and as a leader I think especially when you're so like love I know that you are well versed in scripture and you've been in this for a long time you've made that that trench like you've you've gone some ways but it can take so much humility to be able to say maybe I need to look at where I'm at and maybe do things a little bit differently yeah the next critical um, mindset that I think a woman needs to have to be able to expand her ministry is to know her boundaries Mm -hmm. and statistically most pastors Mm -hmm. struggle with people pleasing Mm. and it's because we just love people (laughs) and we want to love them well and we want them to like us because we love them so much like it's just and it is so unbelievably common Mm -hmm. for pastors to struggle with that people pleasing Mm -hmm. and wanting to appease their flock because they love and care for them so much it comes from a good place Mm -hmm. and I was one of them Mm -hmm. like I was a major people pleaser because I feared rejection and so my thoughts were if I just do what they want me to do Mm -hmm. if I say what they want me to say then I won't be rejected and they'll like me. But then they never did because I wasn't being my genuine self. And so for years I had to like, and many pastors, we are all like this. Like we have to wrestle with Mm -hmm. how do we love people well in spite of difference of opinions, Mm -hmm. in spite of conflict, Mm -hmm. conflict is going to happen. Um, And boundaries is something that was never really modeled Mm -hmm. for me. Mm -hmm. I didn't grow up in a home where boundaries were like a thing. Yeah. Um, and it's not ever really something that's like talked about. Mm -hmm. And I didn't realize I didn't have boundaries in areas in my life until people started talking about boundaries. And I was like, I don't have those. (laughs) Wait a minute. What are you talking about? And it's just like simple things like, and what you even mentioned this on episode one, Mm -hmm. it was understanding that filter of what you say Mm -hmm. and who you say it to, like knowing your audience 
because what I did was because I was a people pleaser, mm-hmm. I gave everybody. Yeah. It didn't matter who it was. I gave everybody the same level of access to me. Yeah. And so we see Jesus, you know, he has his 12. Mm-hmm. But within the 12, he has his three. Mm-hmm. But then outside of the 12, he has the 72 and then he has the masses. So yeah. even to Jesus, there was an access of layers. Mm-hmm. The three, James, Peter and John, they were able to experience firsthand certain things with Jesus Mm -hmm. that other that the 12 that the other in the 12 did not because they had deeper access and with deeper access comes greater responsibility um deeper expectations and I didn't have any of that I treated everybody like they were my best friend Mm -hmm. and not everybody wants to be your best friend nor is everybody even capable of handling that responsibility So I had a lot of relationship hurt Mm -hmm. because I couldn't understand, like, why aren't you loving me well? Because I didn't have the understanding of I need to have boundaries, like, and I have to assess what kind of relationship are you willing to offer? Like, what what are you as as far as like a form of a friend? What kind of friend are you? And what am I looking for in friendships? Mm -hmm. And I would make excuses or allow certain things because I loved people so much. And so I would just be like, it's okay. I'll get over it Mm -hmm. if they hurt me, you know, because I just wanted to love them and love them well. And so I found myself in this like repetitive like cycle that I didn't even know I was in because that's all that I had modeled for me. Mm -hmm. And so it wasn't until I started just reading certain things and like, it was like a theme. Mm -hmm over like a long period of time of just yeah. understanding that Jesus had different layers of access to him. And I'm yeah. like, well, what are my layers? Mm. What does this even look like? Yeah. And I look back, man, I look back on certain things and I'm like, why did I allow that? Yeah. Because who I am today would never allow that. Yeah. So having those boundaries is so crucial. Mm-hmm. And I read Lisa Turkhurst's book mm-hmm. called Goodbyes and Good Boundaries. Oh, yeah. I don't know if you've read it. Not yet. It is very good. She co-wrote it with her counselor. And so a lot of the book is stemmed from what she learned through the falling out of her marriage. So a lot of it is like within the the context of like boundaries within a marriage. Mm -hmm. But there's still so many other things that I was able to pull Mm -hmm. to apply because she does talk about having boundaries and relationships with people and not granting everybody the same access to you. And it's not a click. Mm-hmm. That's not the heart behind it. Mm-hmm. It's not, oh, you're good enough so you can be in my three, but you you're, you don't qualify, right. so you're in the 72. Mm-hmm. It's really not about that. It's having this understanding of self-reflecting with the Lord of who do I want in my three? Mm-hmm. Like, And the people that have the closest access to me that are going to see me the most, be exposed to the most, mm-hmm. know the depths of me. Mm-hmm. What kind of expectation do I have of the Mm -hmm. character of that person? Mm -hmm. Because if I'm going to entrust them Mm -hmm. with deep struggles, Mm -hmm. I need to make sure that who I'm sharing it with is trustworthy. And I never thought about that before. I was like, I just love you so much. Let me tell you everything. And (laughs) then you go. Here's all the juicy stuff. And I just I didn't have that filter. And. That was really huge for me because something that Lisa Turker said in her book that has stuck with me since reading it is she said boundaries are meant to protect yourself, Mm -hmm. not to control other people. Mm -hmm. 
So you don't set boundaries to get other people to behave a certain way that you want them to. It's you set boundaries to protect yourself. So I had to go through this process of, okay, so here are my expectations for the people that would be in my three. Mm-hmm. You know, I want them to be a person of good character and integrity. Yeah. I want them to be trustworthy. Yeah. I want them to put forth as much effort into the relationship as I am to them. Yeah. Right? So there's like a mutual yep. thing happening there. And then, and they're going to get access to me yeah. and know certain things about me that I'm not going to really share with everybody else. Mm-hmm. And then the 12, that's still pretty close. I mean, we don't have the capacity to have yeah. that many yeah. close friendships. Mm-hmm. So that that 12 is, I mean, those 12 followed Jesus. Those 12 slept and ate with him, lived amongst him. Mm -hmm. So it's still a good access, but there's going to be certain elements of your life that you're not going to give them the access that you gave to the three. And then so on and so forth with the 72 and the masses. Mm -hmm. And like, you know, I had to learn this, you know, the hard way through like being hurt and then not knowing that I didn't have boundaries. Cause like what you said is like, what are those? Like, what do you mean we're supposed to have boundaries? Like it was like a foreign language. Yeah. Like really, it was just a concept that I never thought about. And I think a lot of pastors land in that realm because we just love people Yeah. and we want people to love us Yeah. and we want to point people to Jesus. And we are willing as pastors, when you have that pastoral heart, you're willing to get into the muck with people. You're willing to get into the dirt with them. Mm And sort through all of that stuff with yeah. them mm-hmm. to pull them out, yeah. you know, to walk with them through that valley. Like we're willing to do the hard work. Yeah. And so because of that, it's very easy to like allow those people to jump into your muck yeah. and not have any consideration of like, is this person even capable of handling yeah. this? Yeah. Can they even get to the fence? Right. Gotta be like a filter to get yeah. to the muck right. with me. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And wow. so I think boundaries is is going to protect you. Mm-hmm. And I actually, I really believe that that's crucial when it comes to expanding your ministry because if you're giving everybody the same access and you're just mm-hmm. constantly getting hurt and you're not protecting yourself, how can you expand and yeah. do new endeavors with, and you're not having any filter? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Does yes. that make sense? Yeah. And even the response, we talked about this in episode in the first part, is if you're just constantly going to those same people mm-hmm. and you're having no filter and they're giving you the same response, mm-hmm. And they don't know how to handle it well, or they're giving maybe an immature response or a catty, nasty response, then you're just holding yourself in that yeah. same response every single time instead of making yourself better yeah. and asking the Lord, what is a holy way to process pain or to vent mm-hmm. or whatever it is? Mm-hmm. And so you're you're almost holding yourself in your own cycle yeah. at that point. And I'm thinking, so you're more of a relational person. I'm relational, but I'm also like, I'm an Enneagram three. So I'm yes. very productive. Yes. I forget friendship a lot. <laughs> People, Kirsten actually, who we had in a previous episode, she describes me as a cat. Cause she's like, you'll be friends with people. And like, when you come around, it's a blessing. It's amazing. Like, oh, we get to pet the cat. But then you leave. Cause you're like, I'm done. We're good. Uh-huh. And I don't mean to be, it's just, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just how I am that it, it just is a more, it's a muscle I have to work. It doesn't come easy for me. Mm-hmm. And I thought about that in my relationships that on the other side of like being a pastoral heart, I have more of that apostolic heart. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of times the narrative within Christian spheres is like we have to love everybody and to love everybody means we let everyone in at 100% capacity. Mm-hmm. And as for someone who's a people pleaser or for someone who 
wants to love or love everyone it's a different burden Mm -hmm. than even someone who's like that's so overwhelming to me Mm -hmm. because I don't even know how to do friendship with one person Mm -hmm. I don't even know I'm working out how to love my husband well and now you're giving me this whole burden of a church you know and even you think about (laughs) you think about like lead pastors and a lot of times they're not the most socially graceful people. Right. Like you actually talk to a, a good teacher in person. Like we had, I was part of a big church in Buffalo. And it's like if you try to talk to the main pastor who was incredible at teaching on stage, if you try to have a one-on-one, it was like not happening. Like it was not a good experience because he just doesn't have that, that gift, you know. Mm-hmm. And so I say that because um, this past year I was really reflecting on relationships and ministry relationships and friendships. And I found this resource called The Connection Codes. And they talk about the sphere of relationship. And I think often what I have heard in relationship is that it's a fence around your house and you're either in or you're out. Mm. And it was like 100% in means 100% capacity means there's all the expectations and all the priorities of essentially being same priority as like my husband or my son. And then on the out, oh, you're just, you're just out. I'm not worried about you. Mm -hmm. But with the connection codes, they talk about the spheres and how it's just this ripple. So you have God in the center and then it's your spouse and then it's your children and then so on and so forth with specific people, not Mm -hmm. just like tribes of people, but specific people. And I don't know what it was, but it liberated me Mm -hmm. beyond words, beyond what I can describe, because I finally was able to pinpoint people in my life and think, okay, this person gets access to me. And if I have bandwidth emotionally or relationally, I'm going to give it to this person. Mm -hmm. And this is what that looks like. And this is what I'm expecting then in return in accordance to where they fall in the spheres of how close you are or how far away you are. And I think about that in terms of expanding our ministries because I think a lot of times we get ourselves caught up in these relationships that are actually 15 rows out and we're holding ourselves to expectations Mm -hmm. to them or vice versa. And we're not even doing the thing that God has called us to. Right. Like the third person, the yeah. fourth person isn't giving, getting what they need from us because we're trying to, we're trying to have the whole gamut yep. in this, in like the same amount of love. Yeah. And I want to even ask you, um, who's listening, like what are the, the relationships right now that you're thinking of that you're like, okay, I need to create some boundaries because maybe they are only you know, the 10th rung out, Mm -hmm. or maybe you're realizing, man, there's actually a relationship I need to be investing in and I need to be setting healthy boundaries to protect it Mm -hmm. because I need to be cultivating that. And so really do like a self-assessment even of, Mm -hmm. yeah, where are the boundaries that need to be in place to, yeah, maybe like reallocate some expectations and some priorities because I'm, I'm guaranteeing that even in that there's going to be some tethers of expectations that you can cut off of yourself that are going to liberate you to invest your time and your resources into things that God actually has. And maybe that's the exact expanse Mm -hmm. is like just a redirect. Yeah. I couldn't have said it better. You took my nuggets (laughs) and you just, you made it so beautiful. I'm serious. That is exactly literally my heart behind it is because when you're with toxic people, draining relationships and you're putting all that time and energy, it is actually stopping you from doing the things that God has called you to do. You're cultivating the wrong land. Yes. Like he didn't yeah. call you to cultivate that. He yeah. called you to cultivate this, yes. but you're too caught up yeah. in the weeds here yes. that you can't see that you yeah. don't belong here. Yes. And, and even like well-intentioned, I think that there are some people who, <laughs> if you guys can hear the cocoa, there's cocoa in the background. <laughs> the dog, so if you Darn hear cocoa. squirrel yes. outside. Coco Chanel is upstairs. Yes. Just barking her little, her, best life. her little heart out. Yeah. 
I think even at times we can have a really good heart Mm -hmm. to say, well, hold on to this Mm -hmm. or love them. You know, you just kind of love them more. And you're like, they're like a leech. They're like sucking the life out of me, but I have to love them. And especially in ministry relationships, that's so hard to be able to say, I actually need to release you to someone else. Yes. Like I actually need to give you space. And that doesn't make you a sinner. It doesn't make you a bad leader. Makes you wise. Yes. With boundaries. Yes. And with what God's given you because you only have limited resources. You are a person, a human with limited time, Mm -hmm. energy, creativity. Mm -hmm. My goodness, you need to protect Mm -hmm. that creativity, girl, Mm -hmm. because it is going to be a limited resource if you don't. Yeah. Yeah. I think about um, the rich young ruler Mm. when Jesus called to Mm -hmm. him Mm -hmm. and he wasn't ready to lay down his wealth to follow Jesus Mm -hmm. and he walked away sad. Jesus didn't follow him. Mm. Jesus let him go. Wow. And we got to just let some people go. Yeah. And that's really hard for a pastor yeah. that has a heart to love people. You don't want to let people go. Mm. Yeah. And when you don't, you are the one that suffers. Yeah. And then like we've said, you're cultivating your time into something that is not fruitful. Yeah. And not actually redirecting your time and efforts into what God has for you. So boundaries is massive. Mm -hmm. That is probably honestly one of the most more recent things I've learned. It's taken many years. Mm -hmm. You know, it's a process to it's layered to understanding what are boundaries? How do boundaries look? How do you live it out? And so it was definitely like a multiple year process, but it was one of the more recent things that I've learned in my life that Mm -hmm. I'm so grateful that I've learned Because now that I've had these boundaries, I've been able to protect myself Mm -hmm. and say no to some things Mm -hmm. or walk away peacefully from some things. Mm -hmm. And it has now opened up this whole other world that I'm God is calling me to to cultivate. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But if I had hung on, I wouldn't be where I'm at today. Do you know what I mean? Or even looking for affirmation or love from people that just aren't going to give it to you. Yeah. Like we can come around just like that. Are you my mother constantly? Like, are you going to love me? Are you going to love me? And we have this very elevated expectation for them when they're not going to be that for us. And that's okay Mm -hmm. because they're not supposed to. Right. But that's another boundary of like, you're not going to be that for me. That's okay. Yes, it is. It is okay. Yes. You will be okay. Boundaries. Learn boundaries. Practice. Practice. Yes. Makes progress. Absolutely. Yeah. And so after having good boundaries, the next thing if you, for you that's listening, if you have this desire, like you have this conversation, I'm like thinking of the listener having this conversation with the Lord of, I, I'm, I'm capable, I'm able, like, please use me, please send me, like, I'm willing, like, and they just have this like desire to like do more mm-hmm. and they don't really know what, and they don't know how. And my biggest advice is what the Lord told me because that was me many times is the Lord told me two things and I'll have to explain it. The very, I love this. The very first thing I was driving in my car. Okay. And I was like, Lord, I'm able here. Am I send me? And I was still doing in ministry, right? Like God was still using me, but I was feeling this tug to go into new, new horizons, to be pulled into new fields to harvest. And I didn't really know what that looked like or how I would get there. But I just had this discern, this desire and this yearning to do more. But my situations around me was not lending to that. And so one day when I was in the car driving, having my moment with Jesus, um, he said, well, I need you to do two things. And I said, what are these two things? he's like, I need you to say yes. Mm. 
he's like and i need you to drive on the freeway (laughs) and let me explain so practical i love it (laughs) let me explain because okay reality is um you know i got my license as a teen my parents drove everywhere i got married very young my husband gets car sick he drives everywhere So I just was always the passenger. I'm a really great passenger for a road trip. Mm. I will talk your ear off. And if you don't want to talk, I will be in control of the radio. If you don't want that, I'll sleep. Like, I'm literally like, I am a pro. Oh, yes. I am a pro at being the passenger. But I just never drove, like, long distances. I never traveled, like, by myself. Mm. Um it was always I had I had my husband with me. We got married at 21 and we were in the middle of college and like we literally got married and then spent a semester overseas studying in Israel mm-hmm. married like mm-hmm. he was just he's always there, which is such a blessing. I'm not yeah. that's not a complaint or anything, but I didn't realize that that culture, that expectation of like I don't really drive long distances. Mm-hmm. My husband does. And so I just never felt comfortable mm-hmm. because it was just something I never did. And it was so bizarre because I never thought about it. And I never thought about how it hindered me. Yeah. And so I was asking the Lord, I said, well, how are these two things? Like, am I saying no? Mm-hmm. Like, am I not driving places? Like, what? Yeah. Like, why are you telling me these two specific things? And he started to show me that I had a pattern of saying no to certain ministry opportunities mm-hmm. if it felt uncomfortable, mm-hmm. if it's something I've never done before. Mm-hmm. Like, I wasn't willing to take risks because I cared so much to do a good job. I didn't want to fail. And so he reminded me of um, a very specific situation. I was in college and I was asked, I was invited to be a part of this preaching team that goes and preaches to um, these different trailer park communities in central Florida. And at that point, my only experience in ministry was with youth, mm-hmm. and my desire was to be a youth pastor. I never preached to adults. Mm-hmm. That idea scared the living crap out of me as a 19-year-old, 20-year-old, and so I said no. Mm-hmm. And then there was just other times, like other just examples that like God was reminding me of times that I would come up with an excuse to say no because it was just out of my wheelhouse. Mm-hmm. It was out of my comfort zone. Yeah. And I didn't realize that I was playing it safe. Mm-hmm. I had no clue. Yeah. I just did what I thought felt good, yeah. right? Yeah. And so so I just stayed in this place of comfort. And then when I was thinking about the second thing, when, when Jesus was like, you need to drive on the freeways, I was like, where is that coming from? And he, like, just showed me that, like, I think in a very limited capacity because mm-hmm. I'm not used to traveling and going out on my own. Yeah. So I'm thinking of expanding my ministry within my own little bubble. Yeah. And he's like, if you want to expand, he's like, you need to get in your car and you need to go. And he was like, you need to change your mindset. Like you Mm -hmm. can take yourself physically to where I need you to go because that's practical. Like we need to go to people. And I was just so used to like my husband always drove and we just, you know, my circle was so small. And so I was just like dumbfounded. I was like, all right, Lord, well, I'm going to say yes. and I'll drive on the freeways. It's so and it's so funny now. Because I drive like crazy. Yes. I mean, like, I've driven like four hours round trip to teach a Ruan Ember oh, workshop. Yeah. I don't even think oh, anything yeah. of it. I'm yeah. like, give me the address. Same I'll day. be there. Same day. Same day. Yes. Multiple hour trip there <laughs> yes. and back. And I don't think anything of it. She's literally unfazed and looking phenomenal as soon as she gets out of the car. <laughs> just like she was just taking glory to glory. Just like, <laughs> pl- 
planted, like lifted up and moved over. It was great. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So, yeah. So it's just, it's so interesting to look back at how um, limited my mind was yeah. and I didn't realize. Mm. And you will literally to mm. expand your ministry, you will have to physically expand it. Yeah. And that's going to call you to say yes to things that you've never done before. Mm-hmm. Say yes to things that you don't feel qualified for. Mm-hmm. Say yes to things and you don't even really know what you're saying yes to. You're just trusting God and saying, yeah, sure. And then it's being okay to physically take yourself there, wherever there is. Yeah. And that does require sacrifice on the other side of your family. Mm-hmm. Like even right now with this podcast, my husband's out driving around with my three boys came home to get my son off the bus so we can continue recording like and you know and that's just you know it's a part of marriage and stuff there is sacrifice on the other end when I am gone mm-hmm. and I'm traveling for those workshops or speaking yeah. engagements like you know there's adjustments like there is sacrifice on both ends but um it's saying yes is yeah. crucial because I've had a lot of people over the years, I've heard people say like, oh, say yes, like say no to more things, like be careful with what you say yes mm-hmm. to and use wisdom and everything and be led by the spirit and everything. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And there have been times I have said no to things mm-hmm. because either what I was being asked of is not something that either one worked in my schedule mm-hmm. or two, it wasn't just like a one time speaking thing. It was like a like a length of time of responsibility that I just literally couldn't handle like I couldn't um, fit that in my bandwidth for that Mm -hmm. season Um, but I say yes way more Mm -hmm. than I say no and in fact like the one time when you sent me a voice memo Mm -hmm. and you were like hey have you ever taught on spiritual warfare because I'm thinking about it like what if you do it and I was like I don't think I've ever really focused much on spiritual warfare but sure I had no, I had no clue what I was going to say, Yeah. but I was like, all right, Lord, it's between me and you. Let's do some research. We'll figure it out. Kirsten suggested a book for me. I read that book. I was reading a bunch of resources. My mind just got overloaded in the best of ways with information on spiritual warfare. And I taught that workshop. And in fact, that workshop has then I've like modified it in my own life, in my own life. And I was invited to speak at another church on spiritual warfare. And I just took all the information from the workshop and made it into a 30 minute. Yes. yes. Made it into a 30 minute sermon. And then my church was wanting to do a series on spiritual warfare. And they came to me and I said, yeah, I have a bunch of stuff. I sent them all of the materials from the workshop because it had every single like armor written out with all of that information. I sent them all of my notes and they created a eight-week sermon series on spiritual warfare from the workshop from Ruan Ember, a subject that I've never taught on before that I now feel really well-versed in wow. because I said yes. Guys, this is news to me. This is yes, amazing. <laughs> but it's just so, I mean, even that, like, even reversing that for me to say yes to the Lord, feeling like, okay, we need to have something for spiritual warfare. It could have easily said, oh, no, like Heather's overwhelmed or Heather has this or and it's just to say those little yeses on that end, too, Mm -hmm. you know, that then could start that series of events. You never know how things are going to expand Mm -hmm. and evolve um, by missing the first. Yes. Like the little domino in the very front of it. That is so beautiful. It makes me think, too, as you, you mentioned, James and the kids and everything. And I can think of myself so many times that I put an answer on the table that I think Josh is going to say. And I should say, I don't even think he's going to say it because I know what he believes. I know what his thoughts are about me and ministry and everything. But I'm like, oh, no, 
he'll he'll you know feel like this or and then I actually have the conversation with him and he's like why aren't you doing that thing and I'm like oh I just thought you know maybe and he's yeah. like what the flip are you doing go do it what are you yeah. talking about and so I think even for the imaginary conversations that are happening in your head right now I'm calling you out in a good way the imaginary conversations that you're having where you're essentially buffering your no by non-existent imaginary reasons because you know full well that either your husband supports you your children are flexible that you can work it out that you can find a babysitter Mm -hmm. like there's a million reasons that I think you're just buffering it in because you're afraid Mm -hmm. or maybe there's some shame or there's something else there and so I even think what if what about that step forward to be able to go to your people and say hey I'm having this internal conversation right now that I feel like I want to say no but I know that I'm supposed to say yes Mm -hmm. and here's what's going on in my head and have them talk through it with you Mm -hmm. and just like put the lies to rest Mm -hmm. put the excuses to rest and then yeah like walk forward in confidence and I feel like there are so many times when I just have to have the conversation with Josh to say okay I'm kind of fearful about this and every time he's like I don't know why you should just go do it yeah and it's it's like Every internal conversation that has led me to confusion all of a sudden is like a storm, a dust storm that's silenced. Yeah. And I just need, I just need you today, lovely, lovely listener, to just silence those conversations mm-hmm. and just say yes. Yeah. And I also, I want to challenge the listener mm-hmm. who has this yearning to do more. Yeah. Like she knows she's being called to do more or different than what she's already doing. Yeah. To have that conversation with God mm-hmm. where you say, I will say yes. Mm-hmm. And be a person of your word. Because if he brings stuff to you and you say no, mm-hmm. that source of opportunity may stop. Yeah. Because you're you're not doing it. Because mm-hmm. I've noticed and I've learned that the more I said yes, mm-hmm. the more opportunities were coming because I was stewarding yeah. Well, what the Lord gave me and I was a person of my word. I said to him, I want to do this. Use me. And he's like, "Okay." And then I'm like, yes, yes, yes. And then it was more stuff was coming. So Mm -hmm. challenge yourself to have that conversation with the God, but hold yourself accountable to saying yes Yes. to things. And it's like a full, full stop. Yes. Mm -hmm. I think about even the way like your example of saying yes to opportunities and as like I feel like I'm like the event coordinator in this position. Like I'm the event coordinator. Heather's my speaker, you know, and it's like, it's easy for me to continue to give her opportunity because she said yes up front Mm -hmm. and I know I could trust her. Yes. Mm -hmm. I knew that she wasn't going to back out of it and I've Mm -hmm. seen her not back out of it, but then she really, she honored timelines. She honored giving outlines. Mm -hmm. She honored things that I asked of her. And I think even with that, like there's times when we say yes, but it's not a full stop. Yes like well I'm gonna say yes to this but I'm not gonna get things in on time or I'm gonna do it my way still and like there's a level of when you're saying yes to someone you're serving you're serving their vision you're serving their way of ministering their heart for ministry like they may say we're an outreach ministry well don't come in then with this full other like healing ministry that they didn't ask from you they asked you to be a part of what they were doing so I think about that too like the full stop yes Mm -hmm. that means like from start to finish you are a woman that is there to serve and to say yes to everything that they've asked of you. That's how we serve really well. And that's yeah. how we get more. No, that is so good. And it's so true mm-hmm. that it's not just saying yes to an opportunity and then just winging it. Yep. It's it's saying yes the whole way through, yep. stewarding the whole thing, mm-hmm. the whole thing and the whole thing well. Mm-hmm. Because I even think about, and I don't even know if you realized 
this if it was intentional or not but there was a period of time Mm -hmm. where I was like teaching all of the workshops at Ruan Ember yeah like it was like every month it was like it's like every time a workshop was popping up it was me like you totally took like a back seat and I remember like my like James my husband was just like does Laura still teach workshops I was like I don't know I'm like yeah I'm like I don't think that there's I know that there's not other workshops going on because I see all the promotions I get the email blasts Mm -hmm. you know what I mean I was like but there was a season of time where I was literally teaching like all of them and so I felt this responsibility yeah. to steward it well because this is your vision yeah. that God has given you mm-hmm. and you have done such an amazing job at Champion Women like mm-hmm. even just pulling back from the first episode you are so good at that oh. <laughs> and I get so emotional because I'm so grateful like I really am and it's it's very rare to have somebody who is the visionary of a ministry mm-hmm. and welcome other people yeah. into that yeah. and it's very rare for people to share the pulpit yeah. per se mm-hmm. Um, because it's like it's their time to shine and like you know and they're gonna they're gonna take every opportunity they have and so for you to actually take a season where you sat back and you're like Heather teach this workshop Heather how about this Heather and you know there were a few times that we taught together and like stuff like that but like I don't even know if there was a workshop that you taught yourself that I wasn't in I can't remember but there was a period of time that it was heavily me and like I felt the responsibility to like steward it well because this was like I said the God's vision that he gave you it's your dream I care about you I love you I want you to succeed and then I was also so grateful Mm -hmm. that you were even willing to share that with me because that is so rare Mm -hmm. so and I was like this is amazing I thought it was seriously it was so much fun because I'm like I get to do ministry with other women and like we're creating space for each other and we had incredible incredible moments with the Lord during those workshops so yes so Saying yes and saying yes well all the way through is key because when you say yes Mm -hmm. and you do a good job with that yes, those people that are coming to you for those opportunities can come to you again. And everything we do is a reflection of the Lord. We want to represent God well. We're supposed to be ambassadors of Christ. And so I don't want to show up with a faulty yes. You know? Or become a woman who is known to either say yes and back out or any of the other gamut of of mm-hmm. results like you want to be known as a woman that can show up she's a woman of her word it's something yeah. we talk about in ruin number all the time mm-hmm. is that like my yes is my yes and my no is my no and that yeah. means when you have a good yes you've got a great no mm-hmm. that that no means something so yeah. when people like you when you tell me no I trust it I'm not like it's an excuse I don't feel like I have to push because sometimes some people they're like no and you're like yeah but you it's supposed to be a yes you know like you <laughs> yeah. like no and this like you're like the lord's only already told me you're yes. gonna do this so okay but i'll trust i'll just push back a little bit yeah. but there's people that you know you can trust their no mm-hmm. because they have really become seasoned in knowing what no means yeah and how valuable the yes is mm-hmm. and so i think even for that like really cultivating the no muscle alongside the yes muscle mm-hmm. because both of those things become invaluable as a leader who knows when they can trust what you have to say so the last note that I have for the woman who's listening who wants to expand your ministry and you just have that yearning to keep going and, and to do more um, is to fear the Lord mm. and the words you speak. Yeah. Because your words have weight and your words carry influence. And I remember this one time I was on stage at, at a church talking and I came up right when worship was over and I was, you know, going to lead into my sermon. And I stood up there and I saw a room full of people that were just so desperate for the Lord. And they were just looking at me with this look of, 
the words I was going to say, I felt like it was either going to be the life jacket mm-hmm. to pull them out from drowning or they were going to drown. Mm-hmm. Like it was just like this, this heart of surrender to the Lord that they were just so desperate for change in their life. And they just wanted to be reminded of the goodness of God. Mm-hmm. And I remember standing up there and just seeing the people look at me with that anticipation of like, what are you about to say? Cause it could either drown me or save me. Yeah. Like it was like that kind of weight. And I remember like it took my breath away for a second. Cause I like had this like realization of like, these are real people with real eternal destinations mm-hmm. and real history with God. Mm-hmm. And I'm one person and who am I? Mm-hmm. Like, who am I really? If you think about it. And I remember just standing there looking at them and the worship team was still playing and I just kept my microphone down because I wasn't ready to talk. And I just had this moment. I was like, Lord, you have to speak through me. And I said, because I'm like, these people are just, they need saved spiritually. Like I'm not, not even that's not salvation saved. Like they just felt, I could just tell that they looked like they were drowning and they were looking at me with such anticipation of what I was about to say And it was going to be like a make it or break it moment for them. And yeah. I felt the weight of that. Mm-hmm. And so I just had this moment with the Lord. And it has been a prayer that I repeat now every time before mm-hmm. I preach or teach. And it's literally, it's just so simple. It's like, Lord, I love you. Mm-hmm. I'm here to serve you and serve your people and have my words be your words. Speak through me. And that is it. Mm-hmm. Every single time that it's like, I literally said that like, as I was like fixing the pillows on my couch, as you were like, I'm 10 minutes away, you know, I'm like, okay, Lord, I'm here to serve you. I'm here to serve your people. Like have my words be your words. Like, because I know what it's like to be on receiving end of life giving words. And I also know what it's like to be on receiving end of spirit crushing words. And Mm. it is such a heavy responsibility to literally, you are the mouthpiece Mm of God when you speak to his people and that is a huge responsibility mm-hmm. and I never ever want to be flippant with that mm-hmm. and I feel like that is so key mm-hmm. to expanding your ministry because if God can trust you with your words mm-hmm. he's going to take you places to speak that you could not ever imagine that you were ever given the opportunity but it's because you've had years upon years and even decades of showing that you are careful with your words Mm -hmm. and that you have a heart of a reverent fear to the Lord and that you are willing to be his mouthpiece Mm -hmm. and that you don't have your own agenda because really like ministry is not about our agenda it's about the Lord's will and it's fine if if you have your own agenda great go do it ask for the Lord's favor and blessing over it but ministry is not a place for your own personal agenda ministry is literally submitting to the will of God for the sake of his people and yes there's he gives you dreams and visions and you have desires but those desires is in an alignment with the will of God for his people because if it was my own agenda I would be doing something completely different than ministry I mean it's something as simple as like I remember one year James and I, we knew we were felt called to move and to have a career shift. And I told him, it was before we had kids, I said to him, I will move anywhere in this entire country except the Southwest. I don't do desert. I don't do heat. And I really, really, really wanted to go to New England or like Colorado, Washington State. And like the job that we were going for was like available through a lot of different organizations. And so, um, so we had options. 
And very quickly, the Lord led us to a foster care agency in Tucson, Arizona to work for. And I literally said I wanted to go anywhere. I was willing to go. Jokes on you. Uh, Yes. I literally said I was willing to go anywhere but the desert. And this is where you call us. But the will of God was so much more important for me. Yeah. That like I had some feelings about it. Yeah. But I still went with joy and peace in my heart because I was like, well, this isn't what I wanted. It's actually the exact opposite. But this is where God's calling me and I'm going to surrender. I'm going to submit to that and I'm going to go do it (laughs) and I'm going to be obedient in it. And so that I was just using just like as an example of like it's not Mm -hmm. your agenda. It's the Lord's agenda. And then just stewarding that well with your words is Mm -hmm. so important because we live in Mm -hmm. a time where gaining followers and influencers and being this like Christian influencer is like like growing a following yeah Yeah. and it's like and there's like a game that you can play so that the algorithm's in your favor and it's like and I'm not knocking knocking anyone who does that because literally like the Lord will use that to carry his word like and so I totally believe that that is um, a legitimate way to minister but it's like a heart posture of like it it very easily can get clouded of now it's about me yeah me centric yes and and then when that happens, you're not as careful with your words. Yeah. And there are people that are really hurting. Yeah. And they really just want to hear about Jesus and how good he is. Yeah. And if you come in with your own agenda to and with with this goal for people to walk away to be like, oh, you were the best preacher I've ever heard. That was the best sermon. But their heart hasn't changed. Yeah. They're still just as broken as they were leaving as they were when they came. It means nothing. Yeah. But if I go up there and I'm transparent and honest and vulnerable and I just allow the Holy Spirit to speak to me, yeah. if there's just one person mm-hmm. that walks out there with a heart changed mm-hmm. and pulled closer to Jesus, then I'm happy. Yeah. Like then me, like God's good with me, you yeah. know, like because yeah. it's about him and his will yeah. and about his word and to just be very careful mm-hmm with the words that we speak and how we speak them. Mm -hmm. And when God can trust you as that watchman, like, because if you think about it, in the Old Testament, the watchman Mm -hmm. was called Mm -hmm. to go to high ground, to be on the lookout, and they were the one to shout war. Mm -hmm. They were the ones to shout that the enemy is coming. They were the voice Mm -hmm. to all of the people behind them to say, hey, the enemy is coming. Mm -hmm. And scripture is very clear in telling the watchman, if you see this and you don't say anything and these people die, that's on you. But if you do speak up and you shout, there's war, the enemy is coming and they don't listen Mm -hmm. and they die because of it, that's on them. So when you're in ministry and you're speaking for God, you are like that watchman on the wall looking out, shouting like, here's the enemy. Let's point, let, like, oh, this is how we're going to fight this. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so it's just understanding, like, your responsibility that comes with being that mouthpiece for the Lord and having that heart posture of fear, like that reverent fear of the Lord. Mm-hmm. I heard John Bevere speak on this subject. He has a book called The Awe of God, and mm-hmm. it's all about having that reverent fear. Yep. And he talked about how he um, spoke with a pastor. I think it might have been Jim Baker. I can't remember. But it, there was a pastor who had a very public moral failure that was in prison. Mm. That's why I believe it was Jim Baker, but I'm not 100% sure. And he had, John Bevere had asked him, this individual, when did you fall out of love with Jesus? Mm. 
Because how do you go from being this like like amazing televangelist yeah. to now being in prison? And he looked at John Bevere and he said, I never once fell out of love with Jesus. I always loved Jesus. He's like, but I stopped fearing him. Hmm. He's like, I, I didn't fear God. Yeah. And he's like, I was just, I became my own God. Hmm. And so that's when he started saying things that he shouldn't have said and yeah. pushing his own agenda and that started embezzling money and it led to this whole ministry failure that landed him in jail and it's because he didn't fear God and so for us women who want to expand in our ministry we need to fear God have that reverence fear of knowing that like we are the mouthpiece of the creator of this universe and that comes with a really heavy weight Mm -hmm. and a responsibility and there's grace Mm -hmm. we're not always going to get it right and we are going to mess up and we are gonna have to go back and say hey you know when I said that I probably shouldn't have said that I'm really sorry it's we're all human okay there's grace for all of that and and god is so good with giving grace and and whatnot but it's when you make those mistakes and you're too prideful to go back and correct it yeah that's when the issue comes because if god can see that you are careful with your words and when you mess up you own up to it he's going to continue to entrust you and then he'll take you into places Mm -hmm. to speak in that you never would have had prior yeah wow the immediate word that comes to my mind is fragrance and I think I've talked about it on the podcast before. I can't remember if I've just talked a lot about it to people in my life here at that moment. And uh, I went to a, a preaching event recently, and he was talking about cracking open the fragrance of a message. And he was essentially saying that, you know, that moment when someone with a perfume comes in and like there's a shift that happens, you notice it, and there's like a fragrance that's poured out. There's an anointing that happens that it it's change. And he was saying that even within a message, um, transformation comes down to five seconds, Mm -hmm. five seconds of transformation for someone. And I was thinking as you were talking about this idea of fragrance, that um, even when you're around someone for a really long time, you'll you'll catch their fragrance. Mm -hmm. And I think about that of like cultivating our words with the Lord and spending so much time with him that his fragrance is on them, not ours, not our own agenda. But it's like, are we taking our words and submitting them to the presence of Jesus and to his wisdom, to the Holy Spirit, where his anointing is on them mm-hmm. and that we've like, we've done the hard work. And I, I think a lot of times we, I should say, there are times when we'll rely on just like the anointing to fall mm-hmm. during an event. We're mm-hmm. like, Jesus, show up. And sometimes I've had those moments where I'm yeah. like, I got, I don't know. I just, I tried my best. Jesus, <laughs> yeah. just come, you know? Yeah. But there are other times when you're like, we can't just rely on this like momentary, like spirit's going to come and take over all of our words. There's, there's going to be a crafting beforehand Mm -hmm. of submitting it to Jesus and massaging it with his spirit of like, okay, Lord, what are you saying? Mm -hmm. Really pressing it. Okay. Is this my thought or is this your thought? And that's, I think the, the, um, the skill and the discipline of really good pastors and communicators Mm -hmm is that they know how to massage with the Lord mm-hmm. and figure out, okay, what is it that I want to say? What's on my agenda versus like, Lord, what are you actually saying? Because mm-hmm. sometimes those are completely different things. Sure. And so I think um, that's what I thought of is like that fragrance. Like what fragrance are you bringing to a space? Is it saturated with the yeah. fragrance of Jesus that you've yeah. been in the Holy of Holies? You've yeah. been in the place with him yeah. where it smells like the Lord. And that's what brings transformation. Mm-hmm. A lot of times we can say a lot of good things and we're like, that was so good. That was fire. Yeah. And other times we come off of a stage and we're like, I don't know what I said, but every person co- comes up to you and they're like, that was Jesus healed That's me and, all the time. And I'm like, I don't know what I just said. I know. Who knows? It was the Holy Spirit yes. speaking in those moments. Yes. So yes. that's like, that's, I think the, the key in 
yeah the fragrance and yes. the words having having that. the ability to really see the value of our words the seriousness of our words yeah. and treating it as such giving yeah. it the time and the bandwidth to pray into it yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and so just to like recap mm-hmm. um these four points you know and i i want to make a point to say it is a good thing to desire more mm-hmm. in ministry mm-hmm. like it doesn't mean that you're ungrateful yeah. like it is a good thing to desire more because that shows that you have been growing as a person, yeah. that you can handle more, yeah. that your limitations have been stretched, yeah. that you have grown as a person. So there are things that you have the capacity for that maybe you didn't in prior seasons. Yeah. So that yearning for more is just a reflection of that growth that now God can take you to a different land to cultivate because you you did the hard work in your current season and now there's a new land that needs cultivating and he can take you there and you can handle it because the soil may be a little bit harder Mm -hmm. um but you've you've done the hard work to be able to be capable of doing that and so i was even reminded when we were trying to come up with the title of this you're like what's what's the the catchy title you know something like you know quirky and fun you know not necessarily quirky but anyways we are thinking about that word yearning and there's a lot of other words that we could use that you're wanting more you're desiring more and I told Heather I'm like but there's a consecration Mm -hmm. um, because for you listening like there's not just a desire it's not like oh I want this in my flesh that I want more opportunities or I want more money or I want more um, acknowledgement of my gifts it's a consecrated urgency that you're like there's something more that I'm supposed to be stewarding there's something more that my hands need to be on that my heart needs to be tending to and it's like having a child Mm -hmm. that uh, for a lot of women the desire for another child isn't something that they can put facts to it sometimes doesn't make sense to their financial status or to where they're at in their home Uh, but there's a yearning for it and it's consecrated and it's holy and I think even for you um, I, I don't know if you felt this, but you may have felt like, well, I can't tell anyone that I've wanted more because I feel like they're going to tell me I am being prideful mm-hmm. or that I'm wrong, that I'm, um, I'm a lofty leader that has too much pride or that I've, um, my eyes are too big for my belly type of thing. But in this space, you are seen, your yearning is seen, your desire is seen, and we can trust your heart. We can give your heart the benefit of the doubt. Mm-hmm. That it's from the Lord because you aren't someone who's going to take that that um, that desire and just like flippantly go after it you're someone who's going to pray into it mm-hmm. and we trust the God in you that you are pursuing him in this and I just wanted to acknowledge that because I know mm-hmm. I've had those moments where yeah. I've said I've wanted more to certain people and it's been a response of like well you're just being prideful mm-hmm. and then there have been other times when I've said it and people trust my heart and they're like mm-hmm. wow that says okay mm-hmm. like that's weighty that you're saying yeah. that and so I just want to acknowledge that because I feel like it's so yeah it's so huge in this tension oh for sure yeah no I agree so yeah so, so again to recap um when you have this desire and that yearning to expand your ministry it is it is crucial that we never stop learning yeah because whatever new territory he leads you to, you're going to have to become a student of it to serve, to steward it well. So to never stop learning, to have healthy boundaries, to protect yourself for the longevity, because we're in this for the long haul. We ain't quitting at 35. Heck no. Heck no. (laughs) Um, And then to say yes often, Mm -hmm. to not be afraid 
that you're not good enough, qualified enough, gifted enough, talented enough, whatever enough. Take the freeway. Yeah, or take the freeway. Um, But when God brings you opportunities, Mm -hmm. say yes and say the whole full yes and trust him with it. Because in those moments where you were going into something that you don't Mm -hmm. feel experienced for, it's out of your comfort zone, you will rely on his strength and not your own. So that is key. Mm -hmm. And then the next is to always pray a blessing over your words before you speak and to understand the the weight that your words carry and that you are that mouthpiece. And when God can trust you Mm -hmm. with the words that you speak and when God can trust you Mm -hmm. with your yeses and when you have the boundaries in place to protect all of that, that's literally Mm -hmm. a recipe for expansion. Yes. The recipe for expansion. There you go. There's the title. There's the title. Oh, I love it. I made my knee jerk too. That was great. (laughs) She just slapped my knee. That was great. Uh, Yes. So we pray that this this broadcast blessed you where you're at um, as you're considering expanding, as you're considering where where God has you to go next because we have a feeling that you're in some type of land and you're scoping out other places. Mm -hmm. And now it's your careful planning, the strategy and the, the prayerful preparing to figure out what's next. So we want to pray for you and bless you. Yes. And uh, as two women who are seasoned in faith, we've been in the arena for a while. Um, we want to bless you with where you're at. And then if this has been um, beneficial to you, if this has impacted you, we would love to hear about it. This episode is for the one. So we need to find the one. Yes. So if you are the one that you're like, this is so impactful, this is so good, um, would you please reach out on Facebook, Instagram, Email me info at lauradudek.com. Or of course, you can rate, review, subscribe. You can tell your little story on there. It just helps with all the beautiful, yeah, the algorithms and stuff. Because they love to know that there's listeners out there. And we know that For the One ladies are amazing. They are amazing. Yes, they are. They are so passionate and just incredible. So with that, we are going to end in prayer. And if this prayer is for you, you can do a little, I just feel like even like just touching your heart right now. to know, I think the, the awareness of like, I am human, mm-hmm. that I have limited capacity, um, but in my limited capacity, the Lord has called me to more. And there is a yearning on your heart for that more. And I just want to start like, Lord, we just bless this woman's heart. Um, that just like a mother yearns for another child to expand her family, um, that you have given her the desire to tend to, to care for more. We just rebuke this lie that it is selfish, that it is prideful, that it is self-serving. Because we know that the call to ministry to more is actually, <laughs> it is the most selfless thing that we can possibly do. We, just, we bless her heart, Lord, for that desire. So I'm getting this imagery of a woman who is literally getting like suited up Mm -hmm. and like ready Mm -hmm. to do the next thing Mm -hmm. and for you who's listening Mm -hmm. I'm hearing the Lord say like you've done a good job Mm -hmm. you've done the hard work you can suit up because you've been a good steward and he's going to bless you because of that and he's going to trust you because you have stewarded everything that he has given to you well and I know that there are moments and times that you can look back and see where you failed 
but you didn't fail. You were a human trying to figure it out. You were a human growing into becoming more and more like Jesus. And sanctification is not a smooth road. It is a journey with Jesus. And so you didn't fail. You didn't have moments of failure. You learned, you repented, and you pivoted. And that is stewarding it well. And you are a woman who God can trust. You are a woman that God can can pull up out of the crowd and to be that mouthpiece. You are the woman whose boundaries have been expanded, whose territory has now gone into new lands and you're suiting up and you're getting ready for it. And so I pray that you will always have the heart posture of being a student and that wherever the Lord leads you to whatever new territory he leads you, that you will always be a student of that territory. That that will always be your heart posture. Mm -hmm. And that God will speak directly to you on how to have healthy boundaries to protect yourself so that you can stay the length that God has called you to stay in that territory. That you won't quit before the time is done. Mm -hmm. That you will see it through, the whole thing through. And that when that time comes for God to lead you out, you can look back on that land And you can see that you toiled the land. Mm. You planted the seeds. You did exactly what God called you to do within the time frame that he called you to do it. And you were able to stay the long haul. Mm. And I pray over your yeses that God will continue to bring opportunities to you. And that you will say the full yes. Even in fear. And even in doubt, you will say yes because you trust God more than you rely on your own strength. And that as you say yes, you are going to see the Holy Spirit show up time and time again to where it will then be fun to say yes. Even in those moments that it's still a stretch, you're going to be like, well, Holy Spirit, it's me and you and it's going to be fun. And I pray a blessing over your words and the weight that they carry. May you always speak the words of your Father Mm. with a pure heart and pure intentions. Mm. And may your words reflect God's word Mm. and your words be his words. Mm. And I pray that every time you speak, people will say, the Lord Mm. spoke to me today. And that they will see him and his eyes will be directed to him. Mm. And I pray all of this favor and blessing over you and your ministry, Mm. and have fun. Mm. In Jesus' name, Mm. amen. Mm. Yeah, I I just want to take a moment. um, I feel like in conversations like this, especially with the yeses and the noes, I I feel this, this sense that when we, it's conviction, really. And we're like, man, I didn't follow through with that, or it wasn't my full yes. I showed up, but it was half-heartedly. I didn't do my best. And we can have such shame about it because we feel like, well, now I'm a disgrace. And I just, we just rebuke that shame, that she is not um, to be covered in shame. She's not to be colored in shame, that it just like literally just melts all over her body. Lord, instead we melt grace all over her, Lord, because you are a God who redeems. You redeem all situations. And so, Lord, we just ask that in any place where she feels this shame of like, man, I I haven't said my full yes to things or I've been holding back or um, I, I've been flippant with my words 
I've just kind of had throwaway words oftentimes. Lord, in any of these areas, we just ask that your grace would cover her and it would be like the dawn of a new day in this season where she gets to choose a fresh yes um, to being a woman of honor, to being a woman of uh, integrity and character. And Lord, we just I just think about this redeemed reputation. And I feel like even for women who feel like we talked about in the last episode, like the scarcity mindset um, that we feel like well, I have to have a great reputation because if I don't have a great reputation, then I'm never going to make it. And we just rebuke that lie and say that there is always grace to be redeemed. There is always grace to grow. And we just bless her with that, Lord. I just I even love um, that Heather said we bless her ministry. Lord, we bless the women and men in her ministry, um, the children, the youth. We bless the ministry of her church, of her parachurch ministry, of the music that she creates, of the publications that she creates. Um, Lord, whatever she puts her hands to that is for your glory and for your honor, we pray that it would be blessed. And it's blessed because it's fully given to you in a full surrender, full stop. Lord, we also, um, I just pray for this woman that as she wants more, as she looks on the horizon for what you have, that there would be a full awareness that she may have to let go of the land that she's living in, uh, metaphorically and even um, literally. We just ask that you would make it known to her, Lord, what are the things that I have to let go of in order to open my hands for more, for the next thing? And we pray that in that grace, that there would be this this liberating um, sense of freedom and joy. There would be a lightness about it, that it's not going to be a drudgery to let go of one thing that she's currently holding on to to move into the next, but it's actually going to be a joy and a delight. And you're going to give her these little um, blessings, like these little gifts along the way that show her that letting go is a beautiful thing. And so Lord, we ask for wisdom, just Holy Spirit, heavenly wisdom to pour over her, to navigate that transition smoothly, Lord. Um, we just pray for favor over her and that her, her face would be marked with your favor and people would see your presence within her, Lord. We just bless her. We appreciate her, Lord, and the work that she's doing for your kingdom. And even if we can't see the day to day, we know that as kingdom warriors together, Lord, we stand resolute, united in this. And we just pray that she would feel that presence, Lord, of women who surround her, who may not know her name, who may not know her personal walk or her personal wars, um, but we can stand together in faith for her. And we just bless her and honor her in Jesus' name. Amen. So that was for the one yearning to expand her ministry. And we hope that that yearning feels just like even more fanned into flame. Yes. Just so good. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Any final thoughts, Heather? Have fun with have, the Lord. Yes. Seriously, I'm, have so I much fun. Yes. yes. Okay. Have fun. Yes. We love you so much. Please, again, if you love this, rate, review, subscribe. Also, I want to say, listen, if you're in ministry, you got connections. You got people that you love. And who are also women in ministry. So if this blessed you, if you would share this with them, send it in a text, an email, be that person that's like, hey, listen to this because it was really, really good. We would love if you would do that for us, set up a little introduction because we need to bring more people into this beautiful community. So we love you so much. We pray that you have an incredible week with the Lord and go have fun with him. Talk to you soon.